0: Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Well, I don't feel like it's been all that long since I was here, but I thought I'd come back and bother you again if you don't mind. And um, I come down here quite a bit to write. Dave's not with me this trip because when I'm working on a book, sometimes it's good for me just to get away by myself a little bit. So I told Todd, I'm just going to start telling him when I'm down here. And if he wants me to come, I'll come. And if he don't, then I just won't come. So, all right. Well, we're living in some unique times and everybody's always wanting to know, well, Joyce, what do you think? You got a word for us? And you know what I felt like God put on my heart is just take it one day at a time. I don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know what's gonna happen. God knows what's gonna happen, and that's good enough. And you know, the world is in a terrible condition, but this is such an opportunity for the church. It's really a big opportunity for us to show off and show out and show these people that are so desperate what God is like. And the other thing you wanna do is be positive. It's so important to be positive. And I got a little funny story about being positive. There was a woman who was starting to lose her hair and quite a bit of her hair was coming out every day when she'd wash it and brush it. And she was, of course, a little concerned, but she was a real positive woman, wanted to stay positive about the whole thing. and so. Her hair kept coming out and coming out. One morning she got up and she only had three hairs on her head. And she looked in the mirror and she said, Well, I know what I'll do. I'm going to braid my hair today. (laughs) So she braided her hair and just went on and had a good day. The next morning she got up and she only had two hairs on her head. She said, Oh my, how shall I fix my hair today? Well, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll put it in pigtails. So, she put it in pigtails and went on and had a happy day. The next morning, she got up and had one hair left on her head. Well, what am I going to do with this? How should I fix my hair today? Well, she said, I'll I'll, I'll have a ponytail today. So, she had a ponytail. Well, guess what? The next day, she got up, didn't have any hair at all on her head. She said, well, thank God, today I don't have to do my hair. (laughs) All right. I, w- I want to pray something over you, Father. I pray that tonight every person will pay attention, and that they won't get distract <clears throat> that they won't get distracted. And I pray that they won't just hear this, but they'll go out and do this. Because if we're hearers only and not doers, then we're deceiving ourselves. And I pray that. What I say here tonight will make a difference, that there will be a strong anointing on it that will push it down into their spirits, not just put it in their heads. And I thank you that even while I'm teaching, I can learn, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, where's my clock that I'm supposed to be seeing? Okay, I can't see that, so. Uh, Dave, you got my clock, or? You don't have it, do you? I got all night. I, got all night. I, I can't, can you make that thing brighter or something? Or? <laughs> I've been up here three minutes and 48 seconds, okay. <laughs> I want to share with you a message tonight that is, it's been one that's been very important to me and something that has really helped me in my life, and I hope that it will help you. It has a funny little title. It's called, Don't Disturb Me. You might be thinking, well, what in the world is that about? Well, you know, I think a large majority of people in the world today, that's just their attitude. I'm busy. I'm going somewhere. I've got my plan. I've got my thing. I've got my day figured out. And so if you've got a problem, don't bother me with it. Well, you know, Jesus wasn't like that. Now we stay in a lot of hotels, and in hotels they always leave us one of these to put on our door. But today people are wearing them on their bodies. Now I'll just wear this around for a little bit just so you get the picture. We have such a huge opportunity in front of us today. But we're going to have to get more like Jesus, and a lot less like a carnal, selfish, self-centered Christian who just goes to church and thinks that's all there is to it. You know, just because you go to church, that doesn't make you a Christian. I could go home and sit in my garage all night, and it wouldn't make me a car. Jesus said, I want you to go and bear fruit. So maybe I'd just like to ask you tonight to think a little bit this next week about what kind of fruit are you bearing in your life? Are you coming here and just being fed? And you love that, you love for somebody else to do all the work and dig out all the messages and just feed you all the good stuff, but what are you doing with it? I hope a lot, I'm not accusing anybody I hope that every message you hear, you hear it with the intent that you're going to do something with it. Now, we're going to use the parable of the Good Samaritan tonight. And I want you to listen to it like maybe you've never heard it before. There was a Pharisee and he said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor even as you love yourself. I say those two scriptures out loud every morning because that's what God has called us to do is to love him and to love people. Amen. And we throw that word around so much, we love ice cream, we love God, and sometimes we don't know what the difference is, but we have to learn how to love the way God wants us to love, and I'll just throw this out, because I like to say this at some point in every message I preach. If you're gonna love people, you have to be ready to be very generous with forgiveness. And I just wonder how many people are here tonight that are mad at somebody. Nobody? Okay, that's good. (laughs) Are offended. Hmm. Christians give the devil more ground in their life through unforgiveness than through any other thing. I'm gonna say it again. Christians give the devil more ground in their lives through unforgiveness than through any other thing. Let's remember the Lord's Prayer. Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, do we really want him to forgive us the way we forgive other people? We gotta be quick to forgive. Hard to offend. Not touchy. So he said, well, Lord, I've been doing that since my youth. But in order to justify himself, he said, so who is my neighbor? Well, that's a good question to ask. Who is my neighbor? Anyway, is it the person that lives next door? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Now, I want you to use your imagination, and I want you to kind of see this story and not just listen to it. This man's walking down the street. All of a sudden, he gets attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and left, leaving him half dead. So, they took his clothes, they beat him up. He was bloody. He must have taken a very hard beating because they said he was half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Uh Uh-oh. Have you ever been going down an aisle in church and you saw somebody that you knew if they stopped you, you were gonna be in for a long story that you didn't wanna hear? (laughs) And so you passed by on the other side. on now sometimes we avoid those people that are needy because we don't want them pulling on us we don't want to be disturbed we're here to go to church we're here to be spiritual <laughs> you'll get this or we'll be here all night A priest, You know, I think he might have been on his way to church. And that's why he was in such a hurry. And so he didn't have time to mess with this guy who was bloody and beaten up and half dead. So he just, somebody else can do that. And he crossed the street and passed by him. Then a Levite came by. And when he saw the man, he also passed by on the other side of the street. AND LEVITES WERE PART OF THE JEWISH PRIESTHOOD. THEY DID ALL DIFFERENT KINDS OF JOBS. AND SO, THIS ALSO WAS A RELIGIOUS MAN. I'M SURE HE WENT TO SYNAGOGUE AND HE FOLLOWED ALL THE RULES AND REGULATIONS, BUT YOU KNOW, JESUS REALLY GOT ONTO THE PHARISEES BECAUSE HE SAID, YOU FOLLOW ALL THE RULES AND REGULATIONS, BUT YOU WON'T LIFT A FINGER TO HELP ANYBODY. I'm going to give you some homework when we leave tonight. And then there was a Samaritan. Now, you know, the Samaritans, the Jews hated the Samaritans. You know, it's kind of interesting to me because a lot of times real religious people actually hate the people that are out doing something to make a difference in the world. I've had more judgment and criticism from people that are doing nothing Right? Religious people are not always very nice and we're supposed to be nice. (laughs) Matter of fact, they hated the Samaritans so bad that they wouldn't even go through Samaria. They didn't want anything to do with it. Well, the Samaritans believe that Judaism and the Jewish Torah had been corrupted over time, and they no longer followed the Ten Commandments or all the rules and regulations. But I just wonder if we only had two choices, if God had two choices. Take somebody that follows all the rules and regulations but never lifts a finger to help anybody, or somebody who maybe doesn't follow all the rules and regulations, but they really help a lot of people. I just wonder which one he'd pick. I'm not saying he'd take an unbeliever over a believer, but Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. How many of you would say Jesus is your Lord? Okay, well, then, let me tell you two words that you can never say because they, never, you, they do not go together, and that's, no, Lord. <laughs> you can say, yes, Lord, but you can't say, no, Lord. Because if you say, no, then he's not your Lord. <laughs> because if he's our Lord, then the only thing we can say is, yes, Lord. <laughs> Let's practice. Say, yes, Lord. Yes. YOU KNOW, ALL THE MIRACLES THAT JESUS DID, HE WAS INTERRUPTED TO DO THEM. (laughs) HE WAS ON HIS WAY SOMEWHERE, HE WAS DOING SOMETHING, HE WAS BUSY, AND I'VE GOT ALL THE REFERENCES HERE, I DON'T HAVE TIME TO READ THEM ALL, BUT I AM GONNA JUST GO BACK HERE AND GIVE YOU JUST A FEW OF THE LITTLE SCENARIOS OF WHAT WAS GOING ON, AND YOU JUST THINK ABOUT THEM REAL QUICK. Jesus came down from the mountainside and large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt down before him. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So he stopped what he was doing and cleansed the leper. Then when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came up to him asking for help. And so he stopped and helped him. When Jesus came to Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever, so he stopped and healed her. When evening came, there were many who were demon-possessed, and he stopped and cast the devils out. There was a storm that came up when he was in the boat with the disciples, and he got up from his nap and stopped the storm. HE HEALED CRIPPLED PEOPLE, PARALYZED PEOPLE, DEMON-POSSESSED PEOPLE, RAISED A MAN'S DAUGHTER WHO HAD JUST DIED. AND EVERY every ONE OF THESE, YOU, you CAN'T FIND ONE THAT SAYS JESUS WAS SITTING AROUND LOOKING FOR SOMETHING TO DO. <laughs> HE WAS GOING SOMEWHERE. <laughs> HE WAS DOING SOMETHING, BUT HE DIDN'T passed by on the other side of the road. He stopped. Everybody say he stopped. He stopped. Say it again. He stopped. he stopped. And he helped them and then he went back to what he was doing. You know, we talk about the steps of Jesus. There was a big movement for a long time, like following the steps of Jesus. And, but maybe we should study the stops of Jesus. Maybe we should look more at the things that he stopped to do. Because they're the kind of things that he wants us to do. Jesus was interruptible. And we need to be that way too. And just in order to be real practical with you, I'm gonna tell you four stories. And three of them are from my life, one's from my daughter's life. I'm not telling you these stories to get a pat on the back. That's not, I'm just using an example. And these are fresh in my mind. But I'm gonna tell you the bad story first. Because back when I did things like this, I didn't know a lot of the Word yet. I was just, just learning the Word. And I was a pretty religious law keeper but I hadn't gotten around yet to doing much of what I said that I believed. And we all kind of start out that way and that's not so bad, but we can't stay that way. You know, Jesus doesn't care that you haven't arrived, but he wants you moving. Amen? If this time next year you're still in the same place you are this year, or if I am, there's a problem. I'm not growing, I need to always be growing and moving and coming up higher. So I remember going to a doctor's office with my son who'd broken his arm and he was going to get the cast off. And I was waiting in the outer room and there was an elderly man there who had fallen on the ice and had broken his leg. And he wanted to tell me all about it. I mean like all about it. As a matter of fact, he was willing to tell me two or three or four times all about it. Well, I had my Bible, and I actually prayed that God would make the man shut up <laughs> so I could read my Bible. Come on. Because I just didn't want to mess with him. I HAD A PLAN, I HAD MY DO NOT DISTURB SIGN ON, AND ALL OF A SUDDEN THE LORD SPOKE TO MY HEART AND HE SAID IF THAT WAS BILLY GRAHAM WOULD YOU LISTEN TO HIM? I THOUGHT YEAH, (laughs) AND THEN HE SAID WHY, WELL BECAUSE I WOULD PROBABLY THINK MAYBE HE COULD DO SOMETHING FOR ME OR AT LEAST I'D HAVE A GOOD STORY TO TELL. Ooh, I went to the doctor's office today and Billy Graham was there and we talked for 15 minutes. See, we we have to get beyond doing things for people only if it's gonna get us something. Do you have any idea? I mean, I try to imagine this, but I can't. Do you have any idea what would happen If every person on the planet who calls themselves a Christian would go out into the world and help just one person, we'll just say even one a week. What would happen? It would be phenomenal. We are ambassadors for Christ. And the Amplified Bible says, his personal representatives. And that listen to this, and that he is making his appeal to the world through you. Well, that's amazing. But I, I've, got to, I, I've come a little ways in 45 years that's a good thing. Got a long way to go, but I've come a ways in 45 years. And so, this might have been four four or five years ago. I was in Utah, and I stopped at a Starbucks, and I asked if I could, if the girl could make me a, a pour over. I'm like a coffee snob. It's got to be a certain way, or I don't want it. And uh, I don't like it too strong. Don't like it too weak. You know. She said, oh, we've got this new coffee press. Let me make you a cup of coffee with that. And I thought, no, coffee presses are always too strong for me. I just want a pour over. Well, just to tell you, this girl was, I mean, everywhere where you could have a tattoo or some kind of metal hanging on you, She had it, and her hair was about four different colors. So, she just wouldn't have been, her and I wouldn't have, you know, just. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Trying not to say anything bad about her, but she just, it wouldn't have been my person to hang out with, you know. She might have been one of the ones that I would have crossed over on the other side of the street. You know, we're not too good at messing with people that aren't like us. Boy, they pumped that clock up. I can see that dude now. I've got old eyes. My husband and I are so funny at home. Everything that he says to me, I say, huh? And everything he says to me... Everything I say to him, he says "huh," and then he says "huh" twice, and so it—it's really like getting to be a comedy. So the girl says to me, "If you don't like this, I will make you anything else in the store that you want." And then she's just talking, and she said, "I love this thing." She said, "I'm—I'm trying to save enough money that I can buy myself one." Well, this coffee press was $150, and. I got my coffee, and sure enough, it was really good, and so I decided to buy one of the presses, and I walked out of the store and just took a few steps, and then I heard the Lord speak in my heart, buy her one of those. Well, you know, in today's world, sometimes you just wanna be a little careful about just walking up to somebody And saying, I'd like to buy you a gift. I I don't know this lady. Who wants to feel like a fool? And so, but you can't say no, Lord. Because that don't go together. Amen. That doesn't work. I KIND OF FEEL FOR YOU GUYS, BECAUSE AFTER YOU LEAVE HERE TONIGHT, YOU'RE GONNA HAVE TO LIVE A DIFFERENT WAY. (laughs) SO, YOU KNOW, WE ALWAYS SAY WE'RE WILLING TO BE A FOOL FOR CHRIST, BUT ARE WE REALLY? (laughs) YOU CAN'T CARE WHAT PEOPLE THINK, ESPECIALLY NOT IF YOU'RE GONNA LOVE STRANGERS. And I don't know if you know it or not, but there's some really strong stuff in the Bible about how to treat strangers. And so I went back, and she was waiting on somebody, so I waited for her. And I said, can I, can I talk to you a minute? So she came over, and I said, um, I, I want to buy you one of those presses. <gasps> oh, no, 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 you know, that's always what you get first. No, no, no. I said, yeah, I, I really feel like God put it in my heart to buy you one of those presses, well, she started to cry. She's making a scene, and you know, everybody always makes a scene. (laughs) I don't want anybody to make a scene. I just wanna buy the coffee press (laughs) and get back to my shopping. So, God is so amazing. I bought her the coffee press, and then maybe an hour later, I was on a different floor in a different store in the bathroom. I'm going out of the bathroom and she's coming in. And she looked at me and she said, can you tell me why are you the kindest person in the world? Now, obviously I'm not the kindest person in the world, but apparently I was the one who showed her kindness and I don't think we realize how hungry people in the world are for just a little bit of kindness, just a little bit. And, and it doesn't cost you that much. You just, you just got to be like the Samaritan. You got to be willing to stop. And uh, I said, well, I'm a Christian, and God's blessed my life so much, and I just wanted to bless you. And she said, well, that really says a lot to me because she said, I've been kind of mad at the man upstairs. I said, why? And she said, well, my mother died with cancer several years ago and I just have not been in a good place with God since then. Now, you know, I don't know what went on with her life after that. But maybe I'll see her in heaven. And it might not be because of the coffee press. I might have just been one little one little piece of what God was trying to do in her life. But the Bible tells us to do things for people who can't do anything back for us. We gotta be so careful about our motives and make sure that we're not just doing things for people with an expectation of them doing something back for us. That's why the word says to do what you do in secret. Now that doesn't mean that you can always do that but we do have to examine our hearts and make sure that when we do things for people, we're not just trying to kind of covertly buy something from them. And then I had another experience about two weeks ago. I was in a restaurant eating, and you know, everybody's short of workers today, which I don't get any of that, but they can't, nobody's got any money, but nobody wants to work. So I can't quite figure that out. And so they didn't have enough waiters and waitresses to take care of the crowd in there. So we sat there 20 minutes before anybody ever even came to bring us any water. And of course, I'm trying to act like a Christian and not be impatient but I'm, I'm not the best waiter in the world. And so, um, this girl finally comes over and she's real friendly. She said, I'm so sorry. You've been sitting here such a long time. She said, we are so short on help. And she said, I'm working 65 hours a week and you could tell she was just so tired that she could hardly stand it. Well, when we got ready to leave, we gave her a $100 tip. And, uh, you know, just to be nice. And my husband just said, you know, you're doing... You're doing a good job here. You're really going the extra mile, working hard. So we just wanted to bless you. So she starts crying. And she cries for 15 minutes. She's She's the bartender. She's crying behind the bar. She's crying at the tables. And so in the course of talking with her, She said, yeah, it's just been so tough. She said, I was totally out of work for a while when COVID first hit because the restaurant closed. And she said, I got behind on my electric. And she said, every month I'm afraid they're going to turn it off. And she, you know, she was just saying how much it meant to her to get that tip. Well, we started home and God wanted to interrupt me again. (laughs) And I felt like he said, pay her electric bill. Well, I didn't know what it was, but I figured if they're ready to turn her electric off, it wasn't gonna be cheap. And um, to be real honest, I asked my daughter if she would go back over there the next day and take care of this for me, <laughs> because I didn't really wanna go over there and look silly again. And uh, she said, no, I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. So how how many of you are with me? You know, so now I'm busy. I got lots to do, but I get myself back over to the restaurant the next day and she wasn't there. She wasn't working that day, but the hostess recognized me and said, oh, I love you so much and you've helped me so much. And I said, well, good. You can help me with something. And so I had uh, this email address that my daughter keeps where we can have things sent if we want to without giving all kinds of information. And so I had a note, if you send your electric bill to this email address, we'd like to pay it for you. And so... The next day she contacts my daughter by email. The electric bill, by the way, was $1,500. And, uh, well, I wish I had that kind of money. Well, maybe if you'd buy some coffee presses and... <laughs> you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And uh, so she types this note back and she said, you know, I had just about lost my faith in God. But you have no idea what this means to me. I've never had anybody be this kind to me in my whole life. I'm gonna challenge you to pray every morning God, would you put somebody in my path today that I can help? How many of you would be willing to do that? Okay, now you stuck your hand up there and God saw it. (laughs) Amen? And you can't be picky and choosy. And remember, there's none of this no Lord that doesn't work. You can't be selective about what God asks you to do. And then one other story, my daughter, you know, it doesn't always have to involve money. Sometimes people just need you to listen. Or sometimes even just to smile. Or just to tell somebody you're doing a good job. My daughter was coming out of the store one day and this elderly gentleman was waiting at the curb by her and there was all kinds of traffic going by and She was in a hurry, wanted to get home and do all these things, but she had to wait for all this traffic so this man starts talking to her. And she didn't really want to listen. But you know, if we're going to be real Christians, we don't always get to do what we want to do. Amen? Amen. And so she said, I felt like God just put it on my heart to just stand there and listen to Him. so she said, I stood there for 15 minutes and just listened to Him. And you know what? THAT WAS JUST A KIND THING TO DO. BUT YOU KNOW WHAT, WE'VE ALWAYS GOT, SOMETHING ELSE WE HAVE IN ADDITION TO OUR DO NOT DISTURB SIGN IS WE'VE ALL GOT AN EXCUSE BAG. (laughs) AND SO REALLY, TO BE HONEST, MOST CHRISTIANS JUST LOOK LIKE THIS. the cameras come out when I act silly now of course we wouldn't wear them like this but they're really there we always have an excuse when it's not going to be convenient love always finds a way but indifference finds an excuse A reporter interviewing people on the street approached a well-dressed, successful-looking man and asked, what are the two most pressing problems in America? And the man said, I don't know, and I don't care. And the reporter said, sir, you are absolutely correct. Those are the two biggest problems. People don't know, and they don't care. hallelujah. Well, I went to church last Sunday. Isn't that enough? No. (laughs) See, we're just fooling ourselves if we're not going to get out in the world and live it. Yeah, you're being a little too quiet. (laughs) We're just fooling ourselves if we're not going to get out. And I know that's a little bit scary because you think, Joyce, I don't know if I can do that kind of stuff like you're talking about. Well, it's not that, you know, God has me do something like that every day, but I get interrupted a lot by God. (laughs) Because it's about more than just coming and sitting in a pew. Amen? Amen? Indifference is the attitude that pervades our culture today. I don't know, and I don't care. Don't disturb me. I've always got an excuse. I'm too busy, I'm too this, I'm too that. I don't know how to do that. I'd feel silly, whatever it might be. In Luke 14, 12 through 14, it said, Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you back. And then you'll be repaid. Now, you know, Jesus used a lot of over-exaggerations to make points, and that was very common in those days. I do it sometimes in my preaching, I'll overstate something to make a point. And uh, So he didn't, he's not really saying you can't have your friends for dinner, he's just saying make sure that that's not all that you have. How about let's have in some of the people that you don't know that can't pay you back. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Luke 14, 16 through 20. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and he invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come because everything's now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. And I think maybe Jesus might be saying today, okay, everything is all ready. Come now and get out in the world. AND START DOING WHAT YOU SAY YOU BELIEVE. HMM. BUT THEY ALL ALIKE BEGAN TO MAKE EXCUSES. THE FIRST ONE SAID, WELL, I'VE JUST BOUGHT A FIELD AND I'VE TO GO SEE TO IT. PLEASE EXCUSE ME. ANOTHER SAID, I'VE JUST BOUGHT FIVE YOKE OF oxen AND I'M ON MY WAY TO TRY THEM OUT. WOULD YOU PLEASE EXCUSE ME? AND STILL ANOTHER SAID, WELL, I JUST GOT MARRIED SO I CAN'T COME. PLEASE EXCUSE ME. In Matthew 8, 19 through 22, it says, Then a teacher of the law came to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to even lay his head. In other words, if you're going to follow me, it's not always going to be comfortable. Another disciple said to him, Lord, I'd like to go, but first let me go and bury my father. Listen to what Jesus said. But Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. So what's Jesus saying? Leave the dead stuff alone and follow me. How many hours a day do you spend on social media listening to all the gossip and the stupidity that people spurt out about stuff they don't even know anything about? You would not believe the stuff that I can find out about me if I get on there. (laughs) I mean, three years ago, I was dead. (laughs) We had people calling the office crying, oh my God, I I had to get on Facebook and say, I'm not dead, right here. We have people calling the office still to this day insisting that they can buy our diet pills that I'm selling. <laughs> I don't sell diet pills. I'm preaching the gospel. I mean, I people just really need to get something to do. you know, that, that's just wasted time just to go through all that stuff. and Everybody telling you every move they're making all day long. I mean, who cares? <laughs> I guess somebody does. They keep reading it. And if you're somebody who does that, I'm sorry if I'm offending you, but there so many more things to do than to spend hours a day. READING ALL THIS STUFF, A LOT OF IT IS JUST GOSSIP. AND I THANK GOD FOR THE INTERNET, BECAUSE WE CAN PUT THE GOSPEL ANYWHERE, AND THE DEVIL CAN'T STOP US. IF THEY GOT A SIGNAL, THEY CAN PULL IT DOWN. BUT THEN, OF COURSE, SATAN ALWAYS TRIES TO TAKE ADVANTAGE OF EVERY GOOD THING THAT'S OUT THERE, TOO. AND SO, BE CAREFUL ABOUT SPENDING TOO MUCH OF YOUR TIME ON DEAD THINGS. JESUS SAID, NO, FOLLOW ME. Well, let's go back for a minute. We have to go back for a minute to the Good Samaritan. Who should we help? Who should we be concerned about? Jesus said, your neighbor. Well, who is our neighbor? In reply, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. SO to A LEVITE, WHEN HE CAME TO THE PLACE AND SAW HIM, PASSED BY ON THE OTHER SIDE. BUT A SAMARITAN, AS HE TRAVELED WHERE THE MAN WAS, WHEN HE SAW HIM, HE TOOK PITY ON HIM. NOW, THE SAMARITAN DID SOME THINGS THAT I WANT YOU TO NOTICE. FIRST OF ALL, HE NOTICED. It was interesting when we were in the back room before we came out, I used the last Kleenex in my little package, and Todd noticed that, and he brought me a new package. Little thing, but I love people that notice. So he noticed. He stopped. He sacrificed. Because he, he took this man... PUT HIM ON HIS OWN HORSE, TOOK HIM TO AN INN. HE APPARENTLY WAS GOING SOMEWHERE THAT HE HAD TO GET TO. AND HE SAID TO THE OWNER OF THE INN, YOU TAKE CARE OF HIM, GET HIM HEALTHY AGAIN, AND WHATEVER IT COSTS, I WILL PAY YOU WHEN I COME BACK. HE DIDN'T EVEN PUT ANY LIMITS ON WHAT HE WOULD DO FOR THIS GUY THAT HE DIDN'T EVEN KNOW. OH, THIS IS BETTER THAN YOUR ACTING. I love that. A man named C.T. Studd said, some wish to live within the sound of a chapel bell. I want to run a rescue mission within a yard of hell. (laughs) Do you wanna sit in church and just be religious? Or do you wanna get involved? How many of you agree with me that large majority of people today, they just don't want to get involved? I mean, you know it's true. It's true. They don't want to get involved. A lot of people love to come sit in the back row of church, come in halfway through worship, leave the second it's over, don't, want to, don't know you, don't want to know you. Just want to check off my went to church box this week. You'll recover by the next time I come. He noticed, he stopped, and he sacrificed without limits. I love that. Be mindful to be a blessing, especially to those of the household of faith, Galatians 6 says. That scripture has been life-changing for me because what it says, be mindful, he's saying, on purpose have your mind full of ways that you can be a blessing. SO, SEE, IF YOU'LL PRAY EVERY MORNING LIKE YOU SAID YOU WOULD, GOD, SHOW ME SOMEBODY I CAN HELP TODAY. SHOW ME SOMETHING I HAVE THAT I CAN GIVE AWAY. PUT SOMEBODY IN FRONT OF ME THAT HAS A NEED. HE'LL DO IT. AND IT MAY NOT BE EVERY SINGLE DAY OF YOUR LIFE. AND SOME DAYS, IT MAY JUST BE A LITTLE THING. IT MAY JUST BE THAT YOU'LL NOTICE SOMETHING. AND PRAY FOR THE PERSON. A MAN CALLED ME THE OTHER DAY THAT ACTUALLY HAS A PROPHETIC MINISTRY, AND HE WAS ministering SOME THINGS TO ME, BUT HE SAID, WELL, TELL ME, JOYCE, WHAT DO YOU, what, WHAT'S ON YOUR HEART THESE DAYS, what are, you, WHAT ARE YOU TEACHING? AND I SAID, FOR QUITE A WHILE NOW, I'VE BEEN TRYING TO GET ALL OF US TO REALIZE THAT, Love is not just a word, it's not a sermon, it's not something we theorize about, it's action. And it's expensive. (laughs) Love always costs us something, some money, some time, some effort. Verse 10 in Galatians 6 says, So then, as occasion and opportunity open up to us, let us do good to all people. Can everybody say, I'm not going to miss another opportunity? I wish some of you guys would smile more. <laughs> say it like you mean, I'm not going to miss another opportunity. I think this part of Florida is going to. HAVE A BETTER DAY TOMORROW. LET ME SHUT THIS DOWN WITH ONE LAST SCRIPTURE. AMOS 6, VERSE 1, AND VERSES 4 THROUGH 7. THESE SCRIPTURES TELL US THIS, THOSE WHO ARE IDLE AND DON'T STAY ACTIVE HELPING OTHERS ARE THE FIRST TO GO INTO CAPTIVITY THEMSELVES. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come. You lie on beds adorned with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lamb and fatted calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on your musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlfuls and use your finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into captivity or into exile. Your feasting and your lounging will come to an end. Hmm. I got too much other stuff and I don't have time for it, but. okay let me tell you this if you want to be dangerous to the devil (laughs) this is the way to do it if you want to change the world or be part of helping to change the world this is the way to do it one scripture in the Bible makes the point What are we going to do about everything that's going on in the world today? Romans 12, 21, we overcome evil with good. Walking in love, I mean love that's got some action to it, is the highest form of spiritual warfare that you can do. The devil will not know what to do with you if you really start caring about people. Maybe you've heard me tell this story or seen it on TV, but I just wanna close with this little story. It was a very cold day in December, and there was a little boy about 10 years old standing in front of a shoe store on the road, and he was barefoot peering through the window and shivering with cold and a lady approached the boy and said, my little fellow, why are you looking so earnestly in the window? And he said, well ma'am, I was asking God to give me a pair of shoes. The lady took the boy by the hand. See, here's the thing. When we see needs like that, we don't have to have a prayer meeting. (laughs) You don't even need to ask God, should I help this person or not? You just... Do, because that's who you are. You can't help yourself. You can't just walk away. So she took him inside and asked the clerk to get her half a dozen pair of socks, new socks, and asked if she could have a basin of water and a washcloth, a towel. She washed the little guy's feet and dried them with the towel and put a new pair of the socks on him, and then she... Asked for a pair of shoes that would fit him and got him a brand new pair of shoes. And she said, well, little fellow, I'm sure that you feel a lot better now, don't you? And he looked up at her and he said, ma'am, are you God's wife? And <laughs> i right, I'm gonna pray for you. If you meant what you said earlier, Now remember, you stuck your hand up. (laughs) And you said, I will ask God every morning (laughs) to put somebody in my path that I can help. Father, I pray for everybody here tonight that there was a change of heart, that some eyes were opened, And I think maybe a lack of people doing this is even what's opening the door for some of the problems they have. Help us, Lord, to realize that we can no longer just walk away from hurting people and do nothing. We can pray, we can help, we can hug, we can smile, we can encourage. Maybe we pay a bill. Maybe we buy them something that they want and could never afford. It's just an avenue to introduce people to you. And I pray, Lord, that you'll show them what you want them to do, and they'll have fun doing it, that they will enjoy it, and it will bring such breakthrough in their lives that they just won't hardly be able to believe it. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.